With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. ESPN for facilitating that Matt Campbell uh, press conference live from Dallas. Uh, we will hear momentarily from David Kaplan, our buddy in Chicago. He is standing by Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy toward the bottom of the hour. We will get our friend Matt Rudy in here. He covers golf for Golf Digest and has for a long, long time. Uh, Trent, you may have to punch Cappy up. My call screener seems to be a little bit on the blink here. little flip. Fl- what am I trying to say? It's not working. Funky? Yes, it's funky. Big, 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 I almost careful. missed on that one, and that's one you don't want to miss. No, indeed it's not. Let's get the Cap. Cap joins us. Hello, buddy. How are you? I am good. How are you guys? Doing well, Cap. Uh, we're looking forward to this as we do each and every week. It seemed like um, uh, the Chris Bryant is representing the Cubs for one of the few final, final few times, potentially. Look, I, I don't think it's any secret to him. It would be uh, it would be an upset at this point if he's still a Cub once the calendar turns to August. But how's it going over, Cap? Is is reality starting to set in amongst Cubs fans that you know a couple of guys that were had huge huge pieces in leading this team to a place that some thought that they would never get to, uh, about to be wearing a different uniform. That can't be easy on Cub fans. No, I think Cub fans represented by those that call into our radio show are 99% furious that Chris Bryant isn't going to be a Cub. I'm not convinced that the organization feels the same way. I don't think the organization dislikes Chris. I think they feel like we're not going to pay him X number of years at X number of dollars. And correct me if I'm wrong, go back and look. If you look on your computer right now, what is Chris Bryant's war number for this season? I think it's in the one. That isn't really good. The month of June, he hit a buck right. 14. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not denigrating him that he's a bad baseball player, but is he worth $30 million a year for eight years? I would argue with you that he absolutely is not worth that kind of money. I wouldn't give it to him. Now, if he said, yeah, I'll take $20 million a year for five years, sign me up, I would, I would do it. He's not going to do that. And with his agent, right. not Horace, there's zero chance that's going to happen. So everybody who's screaming, extend the core, sign the core, what has that core accomplished since 2016? Uh, yeah, um, that's fair point. Some playoff runs, but, um, fair point, Cap. 
Uh, so so right. if Chris Bryant's on his way out, he's not going to be the only one. Um, but we'll save save Kimbrel, uh, but because he wasn't part of the uh, the World Series team. But Baez was, and obviously Rizzo was, and Contreras was. Who is the mo- of that trio the most likely to join Chris Bryant getting his mail in a different city? Would be whom? Of just those four? Just, no, just well, we know we think Bryant's gone. So Contreras, Baez, and Rizzo is one of those more likely to be headed out of town uh, as well. Wow, that's a really, really good question. Because Andrew Chafin, I guarantee you, he's gone. Right, it should, and be. he's really good, yes, and he's he really liked it here. Uh, he'll be gone, and Ryan Tapera probably gone. Potentially Dan Winkler gone. Jock Peterson, why wouldn't you want Jock Peterson for a stretch run? He had good success in L.A. playing in the postseason. Uh, he's a left-handed power bat. Why wouldn't you want to bring that guy in to have on your bench? He's on a one-year deal, so having him on a one-year deal means you have no commitment beyond this year. You don't have to offer him a qualifying offer that he might accept anyway because you're acquiring him in the middle of the season. There's a lot of upside there. Like I set the number on our show at three and a half over under Cubs traded, and I would pound the over. Pound the over. Mm-hmm. Now, others don't agree with me. Now, Jesse Rogers believes there's a strong chance that none of the core four guys, Contreras, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, none of them get traded right now because they're not going to get enough, so they'll just take a draft pick, a compensation pick. I don't believe that. I do not. You cannot convince me that Jed Hoyer is not going to be really active and move some of those guys. So would it be Bryant, uh, uh, excuse me, let me start again, Baez, Rizzo, or Contreras? Which one of those three more likely to be traded? With Rizzo's back, I don't see somebody lining up. I don't see a contender that needs a first baseman. So I don't think it's him. I believe they're going to sign Wilson Contreras and keep him long term. Mm -hmm. So... I guess I'll say Javi Baez, but I believe Bryant will be the only one of gotcha. the four, if I really cut down to it, that's traded by the deadline. Gotcha. Speaking of Bryant, where does he end up? He's going to command a huge salary. There's places that have money that really don't need a third baseman. Is there a home that even makes sense for him? Mets. Yeah, how about the New York Mets? They'll spend. Yes. <laughs> Open up that and there's a need. Money, yeah. A, they need a third baseman. B, mm-hmm. he plays everywhere. So you go, yeah. well, I don't know. We might not need him at third, but he can play left and right. He can play center in a pinch, which he says, by the way, is his I favorite heard that. position. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. 1,000% there are going to be teams that will give you something. It's something of value for Chris Bryant. I just, and I think I've said this to you guys many times, they're – People are going to look at the trade from the fan base and some of the media that aren't baseball writers. They're writers that are columnists that really don't do the deep dive on the sport, and they're going to go, that's all you got was two Class A pitchers for Chris Bryant? You only have him for two more months. That's why I believe the front office did a lousy job, and I know the pandemic hit because they were trying to trade him last year. Mm -hmm. But after 18, when Theo said our offense is broken, 
you had to have the cojones to make a really tough decision. Who am I trading now while they still have three years of control? They didn't do that. No, they certainly didn't, Cap. So are you are you waving the flag? I mean, there's seven and a half games out of the wild card as we begin the, air quote, second half. Uh, the divisions, uh, what are they, eight games or nine games out in the division? What is is there a slim chance or a no chance uh, that this team is postseason? Is has even aspirations of postseason? We call it no shot. No shot. My right. show. Yes. Uh, I told you guys three weeks ago, and I said it on the air. You can pull the you podcast. Yeah. To Anthony Rizzo. Hey Riz, love you. No one wants the Cubs to win more than me. It's over. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is like a brick in the face. It is. Over, they have zero chance of making a run. The rebuild in front of them, not knowing obviously the particulars of how it's going to go. Do you anticipate this is going to be more in that four or five year window, or a couple years in they're back contending for a playoff spot at the very least, and a couple years after that they're thinking World Series. And what's your time frame? Either a couple years back in the playoffs, or this is a complete teardown and rebuild four, five, six-year process? No, I don't see it being that. You can't. They can't. Not when you don't have a guaranteed check coming into you like you did when you were on NBC Sports Chicago mm-hmm. and WGN yeah. and ABC7, and you had zero infrastructure, You ha- and you had debt restrictions from the sale that you couldn't spend more than a certain amount of money. Like, all that tied together... The rebuild was the only way to go. You had zero infrastructure. You had a locker room the size of the studio you're working in right now. Now you have the second biggest clubhouse in all of baseball. You've renovated your ballpark. Like The infrastructure demands you try to put a competitive team on the field, and they're going to move so much money off the books. I mean, just start adding it up. If they don't re-sign Anthony, all these guys are going to be free agents. Rizzo's 16 and a half. Baez, I think, is making 12 or 13. I mean, you start adding it up, you're going to get $80, $90 million off your book. That's a lot of money. And you can go out now and start spending and spending wisely on a, a Corey Seager or a Carlos Correa or a couple pitchers. And maybe you're not contending next year, but there is no reason that the billionaire family that owns the Cubs and that franchise shouldn't be back contending at least to go to the playoffs in 2023. Yeah, Marquee Network changes things. I agree with you, Cap. Uh, let's go to the other side of town. Uh, a lot of folks that are pointing to Tony Larusa and the job that he has done holding this team through the injuries and getting them to where they are. They're, they're in the, the right division to have the lead that they do. But having said that, he deserves a lot of credit. I know Steve Stone has come out. And he's been around the game around a long time. He loves the job that Larusa has done. Yes, he does love the job that LaRusso has done, and he's exactly right. I told you guys when they hired Tony, I loved the hire. My only issue with Tony this year was when he didn't know the rule on who was supposed to be able to go in and run an extra inning. And that's not just on him. That's an organizational failure. And they addressed it, and it hasn't been an issue since then. I think Tony LaRusso is an outstanding manager, and I laugh. When fans are like, I don't think the players like him. Not one of those fans has ever asked a player 
or been in that clubhouse. I have asked players. They really like playing for the guy. And go back and just Google Adam Engel's comments the other day about how important Tony is in that clubhouse, how he demands what they play like, how they play, and he's about winning every single day. And the quote was, he's a perfect fit in here. The fans who didn't like to hire uninformed media types that didn't like to hire for whatever reason because he's 76 years old, they're starting to look really stupid because this guy has had catastrophic injury. Robert, Jimenez, Angle, I mean, uh, Grandal. Grandal, yeah. We've had injury list stints for Tim Anderson for 10 days, 10 days for Lance Lynn, Aaron Bummer still on the injured list, Evan Marshall is still on the injured list. Like, you've got all these guys down. Oh, and by the way, they have the best record in the American League and the third best record in baseball. And guys coming back, including the 200% healthy Aloy Jimenez. Did you see that quote last week? I, I don't know math that well, but I don't think he can be 200% healthy, Cap. But a huge one is he's on rehab now. Uh, you're talking about Jimenez? Yes. Yeah, he's, he'll be back sooner rather than later. Uh, they didn't know how he would respond to that injury. He's been outstanding at, from what I was told by someone over there, dude, that guy lives in the training room. He's in there. All right, let's keep and let's keep grinding. Let's get back faster. And he was telling people a month into the whole process, I'll be back way quicker than you guys think. You guys think I'm going to be out of here till September? You're out of your mind. I will absolutely be ready to go. And that's what it's looking like. Cap, uh, Rob Manfred says that they're going to tweak some of the things that were put in place during the COVID. The seven-inning doubleheaders looks as though they're going to get back to nine. The magic runner that appears on second base in extra innings, that may be a thing of the past. And the shift in baseball, they are looking at ways to perhaps uh, outlaw that. Of those three, Cap, uh, do you want them all to be gone? Is there one of the three that you would like to remain in place? So I like the runner on second. So do I. Inning. I'm not big. I'm not big on. Hey, let's have an 18 inning game and crush our bullpen for two weeks. I don't mind the guy on second base. Um, I don't mind the seven inning double headers. I don't. You want to go back to nine innings now that COVID's not an issue? I'm not going to scream. And I definitely want universal DH. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the shift. They're going to outlaw the shift in baseball, potentially. Yeah, I think it's going to be limited what they outlaw. I think they're going to allow some type of shifting. They're just not going to have it totally. I'm good with whatever you want to do there. You're trying to play to win the game. We got rid of the the NBA. Remember it used to be? You couldn't play any zones. Now you could play zone. I, look, I just want my game back where it's not just home run or strikeout, home run or strikeout. That's what I don't want. Here, here, Cappy, right there with you. We are inside of two weeks now from Bears training camp. They drafted a quarter pack. That's created buzz. The anticipation for this season, Cap, we ask you a lot just about Chicago. We know the importance of the Bears, and you've relayed that to us throughout the years. This trading camp, this two weeks before we get there, boy, it just, it just feels like it's building and building. How's the excitement in Chicago? 
People are jacked. Not so much for what they think this team might be able to be, because I don't think even the most diehard fan, unless they're delusional, thinks we're winning the Super Bowl this year. They don't. I think they'll be better than people think. The defense should be better. They should have a better offensive line. Matt's talking about running the football more. So I get all of that. People are excited that we have potentially a franchise quarterback, Justin Fields. That's what people are excited by. So if you told everyone right now, guess what? Justin Fields is going to start by pick a week, week 10. That's the bye week. So coming out of the bye, and he's going to look really good after the bye week. The team's not going to be great, but at the end of the year, you're going to go, oh, my goodness. That's going to be the greatest quarterback since Sid Luckman. (laughs) I think people would sign up right now. Indeed they would. Cap, great stuff. Thank you. We will uh, do uh, do it again in a week's time. We appreciate it, uh, and uh, have a good week, Cap. Thank you. You have a great one. Look forward to it as always. See you, buddy. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cap. Some good stuff there. Uh, where are you on Tony La Better than I anticipated. I am too. I'm, I, I'm I thought you. it was going to be a disaster yep. going back to what we had at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I think it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Too old. Been away from the game too long. And the young, young players. Team, right. Young, fun team. Uh-huh. He's going to take the fun out of it. Yep. He had to change, though. He, and he did. He, he absolutely adapts. Credit to him. Yep. Credit to him is, is, is absolutely right. All right. Centurion Stone of Iowa, they sponsor Cappy on a weekly basis. We are certainly grateful to Joe Farron, Justin Luch, and the entire team over at Centurion Stone of Iowa. And if you're in the market for manufactured or natural stone that you want to accent or update uh, uh, exterior or an interior project, think of the, uh, the man cave, the fireplace, wherever, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a a variety of styles, patterns, and colors. They're there for your every need. Centurion Stone has over 200 color and pattern combinations. Natural stone for interior and exterior projects as well. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, and then walk into the showroom and be blown away. The showroom is at Northeast 25, Northeast 22nd, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy, full stop. It's time to go for the green on KXNO. Win $1,000 right now by texting the keyword dollar to 200-200. That's dollar to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we will get into the British Open. Uh, Coming up next, the Open Championship. Matt Rudy will join us. As they get uh, set 14 hours from now, we will be 13 hours from now. We will be underway uh, with my favorite of the four majors. Looking forward to the coverage early morning all weekend long. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at Renter's Warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday 
to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse Guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY Guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse Guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at renterswarehouse.com today. That's renterswarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. Some roofing companies come and go like a passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowa since 1993, from basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects. Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. For a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing a call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at... A business name is important, sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. Or it's today. Not quite the same as the Masters music, is it? A little different. Just a tad. Oh, you can't beat the pipes. Larry Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Uh, would you bring Matt Rudy into the fray, please? This call screener is not working today. Uh, Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. He joins us as we take a look at the British Open. Royal St. George's is the scene. Uh, first tee time, Strength, you said 1235 hours. Central time. Central time, yes. Last one will be teeing off uh, right as we're beginning to take the air tomorrow morning. I just love this tournament. Mm-hmm. Matt Trent and Ken in Des Moines, as always, thank you. Uh, the venue, uh, Matt, I'm assuming you've in all likelihood, you've been to a lot of them over there. Have you been to this one? If so, uh, give us a couple uh, of your memories of Royal St. George. Yes, I was at the Darren Clark one 10 nice. years ago. We were talking about that um, one. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting place that i mean the the way i would characterize it is it's more subtle than a lot of the open championship venues you know there isn't the you know turnberry has these amazing views in the bay and st andrews is the home of golf and carnoustie has its whole own story around it too and this one is a little more subtle there's there's a lot of humps and hollows around on the on the fairway there's some blind shots you know I, i think you've got to play it more with uh nuance instead of just trying to overpower it and um i I think it's going to be an interesting time because the weather has been strange over the last week or two i guess not strange for scotland but strange (laughs) for what we would consider here it's been in the 50s and rainy which means the ball doesn't travel as far and uh, when the ground gets soaked it doesn't run out as much and then the grass the the first cut and the the taller grass is much lusher than what you usually see at the open championship was which is that wispy kind of stuff that you could play from so instead of being able to take your chances there might be a little bit more hitting out and laying up than we would otherwise see john rom has not played exactly great in the open now he's playing of course at a different level right here 
when you look at Rom, he's also trying to win back to back. We know the rarity of that. It feels like there's a lot of negatives with Rom going in when you look at thing in a historical context, but when you just look at his form coming in, you got to like it. Where are you at with Rom this week? Oh, I think when you win a major, uh, the, the, what, what it, I think what it does for a player, uh, we've seen two things. And one is when when Rory won one, and when Jordan Spieth won one, and obviously when Tiger. I mean, Tiger's an outlier in a lot of sense, but but there, there are players that when they validate their skill by winning a major, it proves to them that they can do it, and they go on a little burst where they win more than one. And I think that's true for players at that skill level where. John Rahm is. We're talking about the number one player in the world, you know, a guy that's right up there at the top. And, and then I think the other direction it could go when you're, when you're below that level is you can, you, know, you kind of win one and you cruise a little bit because the, the attention is so much different. You know, the, the media requests and the, and the way you have to schedule out your week and the time you have to spend answering questions and the distractions and the money. Your agent is coming to you with way more things. You know, Brooks Kepka dealt with it really well and won four majors in two years. Um, I, I think Rom is—he's been at the top of the sport for a few few years now. None of those kinds of things are going to change him. You know, he's, he's already a guy who's in the media center all the time. He's already a guy who's on covers of magazines and doing different things. So I, I think you can put away the historical records at the Open and look more at his current form, which is amazing. He's, he's played great. He played great at the Open. He played great in Scotland. I mean, this is a guy who's one of the top two or three players anywhere right, right now, for sure. Uh, Matt, here's kind of a, a different question for you. So 2020, we as you know, folks in, I was going to say Americans, but I'm not one, but you get my point. 2020, we lost the NCAA men's basketball tournament and the women's, but in, in, in a huge, huge event for, for us, right? We It's, it's appointment mm-hmm. television. Over there, they lost the Open Championship last year, which watching this tournament, which reading how how much golf means, where the game was born, I have to think that you can draw a line as far as the the disappointment that we felt. They certainly felt not having this last year. Oh, there's no doubt. And I think what separates the Open Championship from a lot of other events even is that historically the, the Open Championship, if you showed up, you could pay for a ticket and go in and watch. And it didn't, you know, there, it wasn't like, well, there's only 10,000 seats or what, you know, whatever. They, you know, they had teeming crowds because literally anybody, and if you're a kid under 18, it's free. Anyone in the country would want to go watch, you know, the best players in golf. You could go and shoehorn your way into one of the grandstands somewhere early in the day and catch a glimpse of your mm-hmm. favorite players. So to your point, I mean, the, the, the populism of that sport and the populism of that event it, you know, gives it the, the, the worldwide feel that it already has, which is, you know, that's really the people's championship. It's really the one that represents the, the, the champion golfer of the world for the world, more so than any of the American majors, because you could, I mean, you could, you could come from France, you could come from Germany, you could fly from the U.S., you, you could come from any corner of the world and, you know, as a kid, walk in there and watch golf, or as a regular civilian pay your 10 bucks and, or 20 bucks and go and go watch the best players. And I think that adds to the, to the allure of the event, even more than the NCAA championship, because it's a visceral personal experience and not just a TV sport. You look at the power players, DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, as long as the knee's right, the guys that can really bomb it out there at a course in a set out like this. And you, you mentioned the fescue that you get into and the long grasses and things like that. 
is length an advantage at a course like this, or is this very much dependent more on wind and weather? Well, it's, it is. It's dependent on wind and weather. Length is always an advantage because it, it takes strength. And if you can play from questionable, you know, you'd rather be a strong player than not as strong. I think where it hurts players is if that's the only dimension to their game. If you, if you can't, and I'll give you a perfect example, Bubba Watson has got more club at speed than anybody. But notoriously, as soon as there's a little moisture on the ground, as soon as there's a little water between the ball and the club face and he can't curve the ball the way he expects, he gets pretty frustrated and he doesn't perform as well. And, you know, that's just a player that doesn't have enough dimensions to, you know, to, to, for the power dimension to be the only one that matters. And I think that's what makes someone like John Rahm so fun to watch is because his short game is so incredible to go with that ball speed and the, and the creativity and, and trajectory and shots that he hits. Brooks Kepka is the same way. Rory's the same way. You know, these are players that like to, to move the ball around. That, that's that's fun to watch when you match it with that power. A lot of folks don't think DeChambeau has a chance this uh, weekend. Are you one of them? Well, I, I think Bryson, the, the distraction component for him is a, is a hard one to, to measure. Um, he's so into what his process, and, he, and it requires so much data and so much commitment and, and so much buy-in from the people around him. And, you know, the caddy change stuff, for any other player, it wouldn't really seem like a, a thing, but you know, is that a, a bellwether of some other stuff that's distracting him right now? I mean, and if those things aren't exactly right and you throw in kind of the quarantine thing that the players have to deal with, mm-hmm. there's nothing normal about this experience. You know, they're, they're trapped in, in these little houses by themselves, and, and uh, there's a lot of extra stuff going on that would seem to be a challenge for a, a guy that likes very specific procedure. So if you're asking me where I'm batting, I'm probably not batting there this week. <laughs> the Iowan Zach Johnson had a, another good performance over the John Deere Classic, not winning like he did in the past, but out there, made the cut, made some money as he was getting ready to board the plane to make his way across the pond. The 2015 champion winner will not be there because of a positive COVID test. Anything that you've been able to unearth, anything to this story outside of just kind of the, the overview that we've got here in Iowa? Well, I, I haven't necessarily unearthed anything extra, and I hope what I say doesn't get me booted off Iowa radio for the rest of my career <laughs> because I've enjoyed here, the 20 years I've been doing it. But, right. but I, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I don't know what his vaccination status is, but I don't know how as a PGA Tour player with millions of dollars on the line, that wouldn't be the first line of defense that you would use to try to be able to play in events. And uh, so, I mean, you can still test positive for COVID after mm-hmm. you got vaccinated, but I would wager that he probably isn't, and I don't understand that part of it. So, um, I mean, obviously everybody can make their own decision about what to do, but that's the number one outcome. John Rahm, it happened to him mm-hmm. at the Memorial, but that's the outcome. You don't get a chance to play for these events if you don't take the vaccine. You think that you would learn. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Um, Phil Mickelson, any shot this week that he's in contention? Oh, sure. I mean, I, 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 he proved that he could do it, and – uh, I mean, winning the British Open a few years ago, we, that was the one that people predicted he'd never win because uh, he, he, he struggled bringing the ball down, you know, playing lower trajectory shots. He wanted to fly everything in. And he's nothing, and he's proven he's nothing if not adaptable. He changed his body. He changed the way he hit the ball. He kept his ball speed up. You know, I, I think for a 51-year-old guy, he's, he's as fit as they are, which you can't even believe somebody would say in 2021 about Phil Mickelson, right. but, yeah, but that's true. It is. He's super fit. He's feeling good about his game. I, I mean, would, would he be my betting favorite? No, but there isn't any reason to think that he, he, 
he can't uh, he can't be a contender. So who are your favorites? Who do you like this week? Give us. Well, we know where you normally go at the top of things, but John who Rom. else outside of John Rom do you like this week? <laughs> hey, it finally worked. Right? It did. It did. Enough times, and it finally worked. I mean, there's some really cool people at, at like forty and fifty to one. Uh, you know, Victor Hovland was you know is a, is a guy that is, is is an incredible young player and a, who's got a lot of cleverness to his game too. And he just won two weeks ago on the European Tour. That was a big deal. And and Scotty Scheffler might be my favorite player on the PGA Tour, and and uh, he grew up playing in, in in wind conditions around Texas, and he's a he's a guy who really shapes the ball and and loves to see different kinds of shots. And uh, I, I root for guys that I like, and I like him a lot, and I, I root for guys that have skill sets that match golf tournaments, and that that's for sure something up up, up Scotty Street too. I uh, love this tournament. Uh, Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. Matt, hopefully your schedule will allow you to join us and recap it on uh, Monday. You know, just, just in case it doesn't, just this real quick. Uh, with this being a Ryder Cup year, and two of the Americans that are going to be on this team, and it's going to be a major, major distraction and a massive <laughs> talking point. I mean, Kepka and DeChambeau are going to have to address this. This isn't like there's going to be on a, a huge field of players. It's a limited team, uh, and these guys are going to be on the same one. Interesting. Well, I, I mean, I guess, but uh, it's interesting. But I think if if people really knew the kind of friend patterns on the PGA Tour, there's plenty of players that don't get along. There's plenty of players that don't want to play with each other. That's that's just the normal thing that happens when you have a bunch of you know, alpha athletes that are borderline you know, personality disorder. You know, people that they're just not normal in the first place in terms of how they get along. That I think that's just that just goes with dealing with high-strung athletes, this is just a little bit more public. And, and I think Brooks put it right, and Bryson did too. Brooks said, I mean, it's a week. He can get along with anybody on the planet for a week, and mm. it's, a, you know, it's his job. And, and Bryson said he, he actually thought it might be fun for them to play together. I don't think any, anyone's going to put him in the same group, but those are two guys who are, who are good players, and, and I think they also know that this theater is good for golf too. No it's, question. it's fun to speculate, for sure. Speaking of speculation, Kasume Gasiki Country Club, that's where the Tokyo Olympics will be played. You got anything there? Does Olympic golf do anything for you, Matt Rudy? It does. I just wrote a big piece that's coming out in the magazine. Oh, nice. And I just spent the last two days doing video for for Golf TV on some of the interesting storylines, players that are not the obvious ones that you've heard of. And, you know, know, on TV, they they show you the bio of the person that uh, you should root for, you know, kind of underdog and there's this guy Mito Pereira who was a who's a Corn Ferry player from Chile and he, and he missed by one shot getting his full Corn Ferry card oh. this year but he but he played on conditional status and he's won three times and he I got all the way up to the PGA wow. Tour now and he's going into the Olympics he could walk into the into your studio right now and you wouldn't know who he was <laughs> he might be one of the you know five or ten favorites to win the tournament and that's that's fun for me to see to see those kind of unsung stories. It'll be fun for us for another reason to reach out to Matt Rudy to talk a little <laughs> golf between the before the Ryder Cup. Matt, we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you for doing this, as always. Appreciate it. You bet. See Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. In fact, he's right. So over 20 years he's been uh, helping us out here on uh, shows I've been a part of. Grateful for that. Uh, well, there's a basketball game tonight. There is. There I'm is, There's golf. Oh, I'm firing. Uh, so you do have a couple of plays of the day is where I'm going. I got a lot of plays. And don't so forget about that Gold say- Cup. 
Yeah. So help us out. We started to say that when before uh, we got Matt Campbell. Yeah. So yeah. you're so the, the, the fanatics mm-hmm. have an agreement with Bet Rivers that they do what now? It's a daily parlay that Chris puts together. It has to be five to one odds or bigger, right, in order for it to pay. And every day that it doesn't hit, they add an extra hundred dollars to the kitty. Chris hit on Monday. Okay. The winner won five hundred dollars. Went back to a hundred yesterday. But since Krentz was gone, I got to put together the parlay. Mm-hmm. I put together American League on the money line. Yep. And a tie in the Panama versus Cutter match in the That's Gold been, Cup. Those ties in soccer have been like an annuity for you. It's been great. It's been great. In fact, might be hitting there over the weekend. You know, our uh, countries play in soccer on Sunday. Do they? Yeah. U.S. versus Canada in the Gold Cup. Canada the, play soccer? They do. You figure they got to be good at it, right? It's just yeah, no it's it's hockey yeah. on grass. So I'll, maybe maybe I'll, I'll be watching the British show, but so it'll be you, done. It's at four o'clock. It's right as it's concluding, right. right over there. Okay, maybe. Um, so you hit yesterday. I hit yesterday. It was like plus five sixty something so like that. So a contestant gets the money or a caller. A Joe, listener? yeah, Joe, he won the money, and we'll do it right. again today. And you know, Williams always says how difficult it is. I mean, I won for one. Come on, Chris, it's not that difficult. Uh, and Williams hit it on uh, on Monday. Yes. Good stuff. Give it away money. Thanks, Better Rivers, to our listeners. Love that. It is. Miller and Condon. We'll see if Trent can find some plays of the day that he'll release on this program. Coming up next on 1460, KXNO. Delivery events. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460, KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes. Uh, on Richard Sherman, apparently uh, in the state of Washington, standard procedure to hold a suspect in a domestic violence case without bail until he appears before a judge. Mm. Oh, so that's standard procedure. Full stop there. A couple of farmer's markets. Well, one farmer's market tonight. A couple tomorrow. We'll tell you about those tomorrow in Grimes and Norwalk. But tonight, of course, Valley Junction got their big one happening Thursday night at the Valley Junction. I was there last week. Oh, where'd you go? Good. Yeah, and I uh, saw Bruce from G Migs yes, cooking good. steak. Had a steak sandwich from him. It Aren't was they good? Awesome. Oh, they have good food down there. Yes, they do. And good drink, too. Uh-huh. Always a good place. And, uh, yeah, big thank you. Love the farmer's market down there. And thank you to NCMIC for our coverage here of Farmer's Markets no all doubt. summer long. All right, where are you betting tonight? Are you, And are you going to clue the audience in what you're doing as you now are in second place looking up at Justin Smool? I'm down 10 bucks, so it's not devastating by no. any means. But this is as confident as I've been in a play in the finals. I think the Suns are winning tonight. And they're a four-point dog, so mm-hmm. you bet them on the money line. I got them at plus 150. I didn't take the elastic band off. I got 490 bucks in my account. But I bet 75 on the money line here. Basically, it'll return 200 bucks if I hit this one. And if Smool, even if he just treads water here, I'll have a $100 lead going into Game 5 if it comes to fruition. Sons, come on. I need you. I Rooting need you to for you. Run. Rooting for you, TC. Bring it home. I think I'm getting my trophy tomorrow. They're going to come in Oh, and look at it. that. Indeed. I'll make sure I tweet it out. Those folks over in eastern Iowa that I played against. They need that, right? Absolutely. Uh, Murph and Andy, in an hour and five minutes, more Trent Condon. He hosts the Fanatics today at 3. We are Miller and Condon. You can hear us Monday through Friday from 10 until noon right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.